Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. And when I speak of affirmation this morning, it's a little different than the motivational affirmation you might give yourself when you're looking in the mirror. You can do it. You got this. Yeah, you're ready for the day. Carpe diem. You know what I'm saying? That is motivational. I'm talking about affirmation that comes from God that brings about total change. See, when God affirms something, it brings about change. We'll, we'll get into that. So uh, in Matthew 28, verse 20, we're going to go to verse 18, and I'll read up to through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you. To the end of the age, even to the end of the age. We live in a time where we could be um, shaken, uncertainty. There's wars, rumors of wars. Jesus said this will happen. In the last days there will be wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, Brother against brother, kingdom against kingdom, famines and earthquakes. And then he says this, I'll be with you. When you think of famine in the land throughout the history of Israel, those that were being walking in the affirmation of God in his affirming word, they prospered in times of drought and famine. They didn't run crazily and cast off all restraint trying to survive. Their survival was in God and his affirmation. So we'll get to that. I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Though persecuted, though many turning away from the faith, betrayal, hate, false prophets and deception in the land, Increase of wickedness, where it says the love of most will grow cold. Jesus affirms us, but I will be with you, even unto the end. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, we'll turn there. It says, what shall we say? about such wonderful things as these. You'd have to back up a little bit in that chapter to see what those wonderful things are. And I encourage you to do that. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? He just told us in Matthew, all authority has been given to him. And now he's going to give it to you to go and do as he affirms you. 
I will be with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? It says neither life nor death. The powers of darkness can separate you from his love. I love the love of God. Amen. I can think back of the times that, especially that very first time where I sensed his loving nature. Previous to that, I had all kinds of different conceptions about God. Well, God is a crutch. There's that Jesus Revolution movie coming out, right? I was there in Southern California when that thing hit. And we'd see those people coming down the beach, and we would grab our surfboards and paddle out. Here come the Jesus freaks. And I had arguments with them. They would be telling me I need to get saved, and I would have arguments with them. You know, Christianity is a crutch. It is. I was a cripple. I needed it. I just was using it for the wrong argument. My arguments did not prevail against God's love for me. I had many arguments that I could set to establish myself as independent from God. But his love broke through. His love prevailed over every one of those arguments. His affirming love. I think one of the things that I first had, to, had need of once I came to Christ in my affirmation was my salvation. Nancy and I uh, tell you a little story. She, she began to seek the Lord. She had given her life to Jesus at, uh, in Southern California. Then we met in Alaska. And she was pretty cool in the beginning. And then she one day said, I want to read the Bible. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Just don't read it to me because it would convict me. But she was pretty persuasive, and I, I thought she was pretty hot, so I hung in there. And uh, I'd get angry, though, and my, my arguments would arise, you know. And so one time we're walking down the road. We lived in a cabin up, up Huffman Road in Anchorage, and we're walking down the road, and she starts in about God. And I get kind of not angry, but I tell her, if God is real, he's just going to have to tell me himself. This guy driving down the road in his old truck, pickup truck, going the opposite direction, stops, turns around, and says, you guys need a ride? And I looked at him, I said, no. I wasn't taking a ride from somebody that turned around just to pick me up. I had just said to Nancy, if God is real, he's going to have to just tell me himself. The guy says, well, God told me to pick you up. And I was like, oh, well, we end up in his truck. <laughs> and then he goes on to tell me this. He looks right at me. He says, and I want to tell you this. God told me that there's no way you 
are ever going to get to know him. That's just what I needed. Something rose up in me, and I said, hang back, dude. Who do you think you are telling me I can't know God? He says, not until you give your life to Jesus, you cannot know God. And we lived in kind of a private area. We didn't uh, really allow people to come know where we lived. And the people, the cabins around us, we were pretty, like, secretive about letting people know. Somehow this guy just invaded our space, got right to our cabin, said, I know where you live. I'll pick you up Thursday. I'm taking you to church. We were like, yeah, 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 whatever. Well, guess what? He showed up on Thursday. We'd forgotten. I'm like, huh? Clueless. But we end up going to church that night. Nancy, of course, got baptized in water, baptized in the whole, she got the whole lot. Yeah, yeah, get the whole package. What we didn't get was what we wanted. What we did get is what God wanted for us. And the outcome is we live for him today. And I won't go on with that story at this time, but if God is for us, if God is for you, who can be against you? But immediately the question arose, am I really saved? Because that night I gave my life to Jesus. I didn't wait for an altar call. You know, I just was like, man, I was moved by the worship. I'd never heard anything like that. I thought there were angels in the room singing. And then this guy got up and gave a message in tongues. And I said to Nancy, I said, hey, they speak Hebrew here. (laughs) And she said, no, that's tongues. And I go, oh, yeah. I've heard of tongues talkers. Hmm, Now all of a sudden I'm wary. And then somebody interpreted those tongues. My heart was pierced deeply. And I was like, God is in this place and I got to get out. And I looked for a way of escape, but there was none. We were trapped. And I mean, we, we lived in the woods. We had wood smoke and other kinds of smoke and You know, just, we were a different lifestyle. And these people embraced us. And they had the tall lady, church lady hair, and the fur coats, and the nice business suits. And we were trapped in the middle of a pew. And I couldn't get out, but I was looking for a way. And that moment I surrendered, and I said, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. And he saved me. And I went home, and I began to question, am I really saved? And then I'd hear a preacher right after that saying, who wants to give their life to Jesus? And I'd be like, well, well, I I do, because I'm not sure yet. Although I was sure, there was something still needed affirming in my life. I think many Christians face that. Am I really saved? I gave my life to Jesus, but look at me. I don't see a lot of change going on. Yeah, just wait. He's got a plan. But I began to discover 2 Corinthians 
chapter 5, verses 17 through 21, talking about, I am a new person. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. But I got to tell you that that first few weeks and months, I didn't see the old things passing away all that quickly. You see, I was birthed inside that began to change. Jesus doesn't ask you to take a shower and then get cleaned up. Jesus asks you, come to me, and if there's something about you I want changed, I'll change you. You know, we all have those. How's everybody that made a, uh, a New Year's resolution this year, how's that going for you? I was reading a little article. Almost all resolutions of the new year are outward things. I'm going to diet. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do these outward things. Very few are inward things. You see, because the world is backwards compared to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you, and it bursts its way out. It changes a person inside and works its way out. Christ comes in, he cleanses you, and works the rest of the stuff out. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. Paul the Apostle dealt with this. He's the mighty apostle. He wrote most of the New Testament. You know, and here he is at a place in his life. He says, that that which I wouldn't do, I do. And that which I would do, I don't do. He says, who's able to deliver me from this body of sin? Praise be to God. In Christ Jesus, it's Christ in me that delivers me. It's Christ in you that delivers you. Christ in you is your affirmation. The Bible's full of affirmation. Because the heart of the Heavenly Father is to show you His love. His love for you is children to succeed, to prosper to be in health, and to be blessed. Hang on to that word blessed. One of my favorite stories in Scripture is Gideon. I love Gideon. Gideon's name was changed to Jeroboam after his affirmation. And Jeroboam means contending with Baal. In other words, Baal will not prevail. Now, the story of Gideon and his affirmation is Gideon doesn't have a real um, lot of self-confidence. In fact, he's living in a time where all of Israel is completely subjected to the Midianites. They're under bondage to the Midianites. The Midianites are just taking everything they've got. If you try to get anything, they're going to take it from you. And he's in the 
hiding in some threshing floor. I don't exactly know what that would look like. I didn't bother to look it up, but it's at night where he can't be seen. He's hiding away trying to get some grain and working in the threshing field and trying to save up a little grain and take it home and preserve his life. And an angel, the angel of the Lord, comes and speaks to him and says, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. Affirmation, the very first thing from God is he will affirm you. One of the tests, I believe, when you're wondering what God is doing in your life is look for his affirmation about what he's asking you to do because his affirmation will bring about action. His affirmation to your life will bring about uh, a change and and a doing. Gideon, mighty man of valor. And I can just see Gideon go, first of all, because he's hiding. Can you imagine like being like secret, even hiding, and all of a sudden somebody says, hey, you go. He immediately looks, who's talking and who's you talking to? It's not me. But God pierced him with affirmation. Mighty man of valor. Even still, he had to put it to the test. Even still, he said, well, to the angel, if if you'll wait here, I'll go home and get a sacrifice and bring back to you. And I don't know, it doesn't tell us this, but I secretly, I, I think that Gideon secretly was hoping that angel wouldn't be there when he got back. He could just go back to his life being dominated and secretly trying to get through life, secretly trying to just kind of live kind of a good existence, not be challenged to change. Well, he comes back, the angel's still there. And then after the affirming of Gideon, he says this, now go to your father's house, go to where you're at and destroy the, uh, where you sacrifice to Baal and the Asherah pole. Gideon's like, man, this is not going to go well. But he rounded up 10 people to go with him if it's cohorts, cohorts, and they destroyed the uh, sacrifice, whatever it was, to Baal, the what? The, the high places and the Asherah pole. And the people of the town got so upset over that, they came out and they said, who did this? He said, well, Gideon did it. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> Gideon did it. But his dad stood up for him. See, affirmation, now listen to this principle. Affirmation, when God affirms you, the people around you, not even knowing it, will recognize something happened. And they'll align with that. They'll align with you. You don't have to defend yourself when it's God. And they said, well, send him out. We're going to kill him for what he did. To Baal. 
This man who looked at himself as, we're the least of Israel, my household is the least of Israel, and I'm the least in that house. I'm literally a nobody that's frightened of my own shadow. Gideon's dad says, well, if Baal's so powerful and he destroyed the, the, the high place of Baal, let Baal take care of it. Well, that was a pretty good argument. The people went, yeah, okay. The point being, when God affirms in your life who you are to him, who you are in him. Now, listen to this. How many here could say, everything about me is right? Besides me, I'm the pastor. Everybody out there is going, yeah, I know you. There's nothing right about you except your hair. Yet, I can say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because of my actions, but because he imputed to me and dwells in me, and he is righteous. Now, as a people, it says we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's what God says of us. You are a holy people. Kings and priests. You know, you can use that word to affirm yourself in who you are. And you should. Even at a very young age, I learned... When I was hungry, how to go to the refrigerator and feed myself. I didn't have to wait till Sunday to get my only feeding. Could you imagine if every one of us in here never ate anything except on Sundays? The first two weeks, it'd be kind of cool. We'd be like, hey, man, look, at we're getting kind of svelte and, you know, feeling pretty good. But after a few weeks, we'd be looking pretty starved and raggedy. So you need to feed yourself these things. Once God gives you an affirmation, you need to voice it to yourself. You need to remind yourself. You need to be declaring it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, Satan comes to Jesus and he says, Worship me and all these kingdoms can be yours. Jesus said, you know, no, you shall worship God and him alone. You get temptation. All those temptations of Jesus, by the way, it says that after he tempted Christ in all things, all areas of his life, it says that Satan left him for another opportune time. So you get a victory in your life, you know, you get a temptation, you get something, maybe you failed, but you rose up. 
And you said, no, wait a minute. You know, I'm, I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm not going to live down here. I'm going to live with Christ. Satan will leave you. It says, resist the devil. He will leave you. But, listen carefully, he will leave you for a more opportune time. He'll leave you for when he thinks you're weak or got a, you know, that, ha-ha, now's the time to come in and tempt him, tempt her, tempt them, cause them to be self-righteous, cause them to be whatever it might be. Now, another thing about affirmation with Gideon totally dominated by the Midianites, with the affirmation of God, he completely turned that around. With the affirmation of God in your life, you can completely turn everything around that comes your way. But what do we do that collectively? What, how, do, how do we do that with one another? Well, one of the things is blessing. Jesus said, this is an affirmation, I will bless them that bless you. That means those that bless you and recognize God in your life, they don't even know it, but a blessing is going to fall on them. He's speaking to Israel, the nation, I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. So when you're driving down the road and somebody curses you, you don't have to defend yourself. They brought it on their own head, you know, when they hit that patch of ice and go in the ditch. And you don't have to go, ah, ha, 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 ha. You, you have compassion then. You might even stop and say, now let me bless you. You see, we are the body of Christ. It says of, of the church, uh, God long ago spoke to Abraham and said to him, I will make you the father of, of nations. Yeah. And by you and through you, he says, of your offspring, there will be greater than the numbers of the sand of the sea. And by you and through you, all the earth and all the nations will be blessed. Now, how do, how do we come into play in that? Well, Christ brings to us the culmination of that promise to Abraham. By you and through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Christ is the culmination of that, and we are his body. He is the head. We are the body. What does the body of Christ do? If Christ is full of affirmation, the body of Christ should be full of affirmation yeah. everywhere they go. If the body doesn't function, Christ has made himself the head, but he's left all that that will be done in the earth to us, his church, to bless this world. To bless the earth. There's a story, and I want to read it quickly, about a man by the name of Jean-Dominique Bobby, a little Frenchman. Now, not to be mistaken with 
Um, <laughs> I had this joke planned. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh at it. Jean-Dominique Bobby, not to be mistaken with Ricky Bobby. Those who know, know. But Jean-Dominique Bobby was a French journalist, an author, and an editor of the French magazine Elle. Okay? And at 43 years old, he was taking his son to the theater, and he had a cerebral stroke. And he laid in a coma for 20 days in the hospital. And when he woke up, the only thing that worked was his brain and one eye, his left eyelid. He could, he could move his left eyelid. That's it. Nothing else in his body worked. He couldn't move his hands, his feet, nothing. And so he laid there for a full, I don't know, maybe a year, maybe two, with nothing but his, able to blink his left eye. And this, this woman came, and he wrote his memoirs with just his eye. But now think of it, in Christ and his church, if it's the same example, Christ is who he is, but if his body doesn't become who they're supposed to be, it won't bring any, any effect about. They have to work together. And for them to work together, you have to walk in the affirmation that God has for you. One of those affirmations is blessing. Job, the story of Job, after all he went through in his faithful friends, his offensive friends saying, Job, you know, it's you. It really boils down to you. God says to Job, this is very powerful, very important for us as a body of believers. Now, I'm going to restore everything to you. Now, go to your friends lay hands on them, and bless them. Bless them. Be a conveyance of affirmation of God in your life by blessing others. We are to bless one another. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Be a blessing as a church body, for the last two years or during the pandemic thing, you know, we're all covered up and we're all like six feet distance. And then we finally break that barrier and we do the little elbow touch. Hey, you know, we, we lost it. I believe in bracing. I believe in handshaking. I believe in laying on of hands. After service, when we have people up here to pray for you, they're not, they're not like maybe faith healers. Some of them maybe. But they will lay hands on you and convey the blessing and affirmation of healing on your life. And it'll change you. Now, what I want us to do as we close, we're going to act this out. By the way, when I say hug one another, I mean hug one another. Come up here, all you. Come here. Come here. I see this guy. Now, I'm not a big guy. But I like being around big guys. When I see him, this is how I approach it. I want big guys all around me, right? 
I believe in hugging. I believe in shaking hands. I believe in laying on of hands and uh, affirming my love, my care, my heart for one another. And I encourage us as a church to do that. So stand up. Find somebody next to you. Reach out, touch them, lay hands on them, pray for them, bless them. And everybody say this as you're looking at them. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.